Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a special series of Twins Talk Theater in the Long Beach Playhouse. I'm Sean Gray, the producing artistic director of the Long Beach Playhouse. Cynthia, Stacy, and I are excited to be able to team up to shine a spotlight on some of the talented people that often go unnoticed to an audience. In Behind the Curtain, the twins interview backstage artists, stage managers, designers, and other theater technicians that have helped to create the magic of the shows at the Long Beach Playhouse. They are a wonderful, dynamic, and diverse group of people, and we are proud and excited to highlight their stories and their contributions to one of the oldest continually operating community theaters in California. So enjoy listening, and thank you, Cindy and Stacy, for all the work you do to bring your love of theater to a larger community. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. We have Cindy back. Yay! Yay! <laughs> this week, we are talking to Naomi Kasahara. She's a Japanese set designer who works in or moved to Long Beach, California in 2002 from Japan. I met her working at the Long Beach Playhouse. Her first show there was Taming of the Shrew. And then one of my favorites was Ginny uh, Chow. I thought that set design was amazing. And then uh, she worked at East West Players before I went to East West Players, and she was the set designer for Animals Out of Paper. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How did you do theater and set design stuff in Japan? Or we don't no. really know much about any theater in Japan. Uh, no, I, I actually decided to do theater when I was in college. I wanted to do some uh, art, anything... I was like still 19, so I really don't know what I really wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to create, and I liked art. And uh, when I uh, saw the theater department, I really liked the idea of everybody uh, make one thing together, the collaboration. And so it's pretty fascinating. So that's how I started uh, taking theater classes, and I really liked it. So that's the beginning. Yeah, and you went to Cal State Long Beach, right? Yes, uh, I studied Santa Monica College, and then I transferred I to uh, Long Beach, and I also uh, stayed for a master degree for the set design. Oh wow! So I was at the Long Beach Cal State Long Beach for five years, I think, total, to finish master, undergrad and master. Yeah, undergrad and master. <laughs> nice. Uh, why why did you come to Southern California from Japan? <laughs> from Japan. Uh, so um, may, to be honest, the real reason is I really like the music, very uh, specifically uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I, was, I was, you know, teenager and, oh, I want to live in L.A., and I, that's how I moved here. <laughs> I love this this reason. This is a good reason. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when you are 18, like, you really don't listen to your parents. Like, I decided to go. And then I just came here, not really planning to do, you know, future plan. But I wanted to live in Los Angeles. And... After 20 years later, I'm still here, and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And married, and have a kid, and have a degree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that's how it started. <laughs> that is excellent. Thank Twin, you. none of your reasons were nearly that exciting for moving somewhere. No, no, I know. I I need I need a better excuse for why I moved to New York. <laughs> <laughs> And so once you got into theater and uh, realized that that's what you wanted to do, did you know you wanted to be a set designer or did you kind of try different things in theater and then kind of set on that? Yeah, one thing I knew was I didn't want to be an actor or director. <laughs> yep. I really into uh, backstage, the technical theater. So that's why I was studying at the uh, undergrad. And I wasn't sure uh, costume or set or, you know, lighting yet. 
and I took the design class and my teacher told me, uh, you are really good at design, so you should be a set designer. And then um, I wasn't, I really didn't know what I was good at, but when teacher told me so, I said, okay, maybe this says so I will, you know, trust her and maybe I should focus on one thing. And mm -hmm. then um, I started grad school and I really, really liked it. Met a good teacher and uh, in the master program, I learned, uh, you know, I before you study, you will think set designs about having a door in the walls, but which is not true. It's you create your own, you know, little world, which is really, really fun. So that's how mm -hmm. I decided to be a set designer. Nice. I like that. The teacher, yeah, that's kind of how I did it. The teacher, my teacher at college said, uh, you could be a technical director, do that. And I was like, okay, I don't really oh. know what that is, but sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the same way. Yeah. Just <laughs> <I> like that. <laughs> how did you get, oh, sorry, go to it. Well, I'm really curious because on your profile on, um, what is it called? Coral Flot? Oh, yeah. The Kafra, that's really old. I haven't updated, but... Oh. Yeah. Well, my question is, if this is relevant or not, it says that you worked in uh, in St. Petersburg, Russia. Yes. That was part of my master program. My oh. professor was... Uh, he's a Russian, and he owns his own company in Russia. So he took his student, 10 of us. We actually went twice uh, to... Uh, one time is three months, and next year we went back for three uh, three months again. Wow! And we helped his company starting from actually building the theater itself. Really? Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool because it's in Saint Petersburg. Um, they are renting the space at the fortress, you know, like a historical building, right? Mm -hmm. And he he uh, he was building the theater there, so. We helped, you know, making floors and his company was a uh, Russian theater is totally different. So we learned a lot working with Russian actors and seeing a lot of praise in Russia. And so kind of like intern work in Russia, but that's, yeah, what we are but, doing in the master program. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. how, how was the language barrier? Was it really difficult? It was really difficult, but uh, some of the actors could speak a little English. Okay. So that's how we communicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, our professor, he can translate in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a really great experience for us. Learn a lot of things. Three months, too. That's so cool like i would love to spend three months in st petersburg <laughs> that's so awesome i know right hanging out with uh, russian actors and yeah did you get to travel a lot when you're there or like go to a lot of other theaters besides the one you're working at yeah we uh watched uh, almost every week we would try to see a different play different theater and before that we stopped by germany in berlin two weeks and wow. also got to see a lot of theater in Germany, which is so amazing. Also very different. Yeah. Totally I love different. German theater. Yeah. It's totally different and really cool. Oh, I want to do all of that. Well, it's so <laughs> awesome for a set designer too, because now you're experiencing like how they do it in Berlin, which is so different and how they do it in Russia, which is, you know, like, that's an education in and of itself. I would totally go to grad school again if I got to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah, right? I might have chosen grad school. <laughs> uh, so after grad school, how did you uh, start working at the Long Beach Playhouse? So uh, because I already live in Long Beach and that's a big uh, theater in Long Beach. So... Uh, Actually, do you know Lauren? Lauren Morris? Oh, yeah. She was there right before Andrew took over, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So we went to grad school together. So I emailed Lauren 
and she told me, oh, yeah, you should talk to Andrew. So I went to the uh, set, you know, uh, went to see Andrew and he said, I just finished grad school and I really want to design. And he's really cool. And he said, oh, yeah, I will keep your contact. And that's how, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, you know, I started at the Long Beach Playhouse. <laughs> Your first show, your first show was with uh, Greg Cohen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a fun one. I like him. He also, also has a corgi. <laughs> oh, that's right, huh? Yep. Greg's the one that dresses up, right? Does he dress up as dog or is no, that somebody that's, else? That's Court Hucklebone. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, so. Have you, the Playhouse has two stages, the downstairs, which is thrust and upstairs. Have you worked in both places or have you just worked? I think I've only seen your work downstairs. I have done both. Oh, okay. Probably seven or eight shows in both spaces, I think. Nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference? Do you like the proscenium or do you like the thrust stage better? Ah. Um... I like trust stage, but it, after you done more than five shows, you kind of start stuck with uh, my own reputation, like, oh, I am doing this again. So yeah. it's more fun upstairs, maybe, because of the variety. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, black box, yeah. How How is it doing working in the same venue over and over, do you find it challenging to try to come up with something new? It's actually uh, challenging and it's also fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been using the same color palettes a couple of times that people start noticing, oh, Naomi using this color again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I trying, but I should try something else. And then I started, um, uh, which show was that? I had a, a red wall set, which I really liked. Oh, sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> hay fever, hay fever. Mm-hmm. That one, I had a red room, which I loved. And... So it's a yeah, it's challenging, but I was trying to make a difference, <clears throat> and also at the same time, I somehow I want people to notice that's that's my set. That's true. So, yeah, like so, a signature look or a signature something that stands out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I'm also trying to keep that way as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say your signature look is? The shows I've seen are a little more minimalistic. Do you prefer minimalistic or? I I actually like things uh, move on stage. But mm-hmm. at Playhouse, uh, because of the uh, budget and, you know, uh, mechanism, uh, I don't do too many moving uh, pieces. But I... At the playhouse, I definitely love uh, hanging things in the the air, using nice. the whole space, not just the floor level. So that's I think that's what I my kind of signature at the playhouse. When you see something hung in the space, that's me. <laughs> if, hopefully, people notice that. <laughs> Well, now, now people will notice it. Now, next time they walk in and they see something hanging, they're going to be like, oh, did Naomi design this one? <laughs> that'd be nice. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, do you work with the same director over and over or do you work with different ones? I know Long Beach sometimes, like Sean will direct multiple times. Um, I guess that's my question. Yeah. The same one or mm-hmm. just do you rotate a lot? Uh, I think I actually do uh work with the same director a couple times i think almost everybody i worked a couple times and not always same but i worked with uh sean a couple times and andrew a couple times and uh jim i did with a couple times so everybody at least i worked more than twice i think 
do you get to say what shows you want to do? I don't remember how the Long Beach works. Can you like say, oh, hey, Sean, I'm really interested in this show. <laughs> or does he pre-assign stuff? Uh, he always, someone always asked me, so Naomi, do you want to do this one? And I said, yes. Or uh, after I had my daughter, I have to work with my schedule, but mm -hmm. still really nice. They let me pick the one my schedule works. So that way I could pick that one. Uh, yeah. I could do it. So that was really nice. They helped me that way. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think you were scheduled to do a show this coming season, right? Before really? COVID hit? Oh, uh, uh, no, no, last year. Oh, last, last year, year. I wasn't. Mm -mm. As, the year before, I did um, uh, All Zero. All Zero. I don't think I saw. Did I see that one? I can't remember. <laughs> they all blend mm. together after a while. <laughs> yeah, that one I did. But I can't wait to open again. Yeah, so we're all waiting on theaters to open in general. <laughs> I know, right? Once I they open, I will jump on and ask Sean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, how did you get to East West Players? It's up in LA, but I know it's um, originally Japanese inspired company, and now it's more Asian American uh, Pacific mm -hmm. Islander. How did you get connected with him? Let me see. I think definitely helping uh, Isa building set was uh, how I started meeting people at the East West. But I I don't remember how I met Isa. <laughs> um. Because yeah, he works at a movie studio, right? Or film. He works on TV somewhere building sets. I met him at East West Players. I don't know where else he works. Yeah, I can't remember. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but I helped him a couple of times to build a, uh, build a set. And then I met uh everybody at the east to west and then telling them i also design set and one of the director i know uh jennifer chan okay uh, she was she was gonna di uh directing a show so she asked me who i wanted to be her designer and that's how i design a show out there do you often get directors that ask you to come with them on shows uh, yes, that, that often happened, actually. Jen couple me, asked, asked me a couple of times that I worked with her. I think I did a show maybe three times. And also did a, they had a youth program. I don't know if you knew about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. They traveled uh, schools, high schools. It's like a packable set. Mm -hmm. It's in the van. Yeah, so I did that program uh, maybe three years, four years with them. That was a fun project. That one is like totally different idea and theme. Said so has to be uh, uh, fit in a little van, easy to set up and more like a props, but yeah, something entertaining. Yeah. I did a show that like that for four months once that it all fit into a van but we toured so we also had to get our own luggage into the van as well so it all had to be like compactable but it was cool because it was like a, a a chest you know and then like the costumes would go inside the chest and then it was this like mm -hmm. that piece that looked like a bed ish you know but then we like put other props inside of it so it's, it's totally fun, different huh? to design something like that it's like a whole nother part of your brain that you have to use yeah I agree it's really fun <laughs> Especially targeting a younger, uh, you know, audience. Mm -hmm. You have to be really, like entertaining and something surprising, and yeah, that was a fun project. How do you plan for something like that? Like, how do you do? You have the dimensions of the van to know like how big things have to be because, like, on a on a set, you get you know like the ground plan. Do you get like mm -hmm. a ground plan of the van? <laughs> I don't have the grand plan for the van, but, uh, you know, the money, stage managers knows and they kind of give me, it has to be smaller than this. 
Ah, okay. Yeah. So I, and then of course, director has cool idea. One year we did like a, a pop-up book, giant pop-up book. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that was the director's idea. And then my part was like how to make, you know, fun every page they open and a yeah. lot of props, of course. How did you make the pages? Were they like hard flats that turned or? Yeah, we use cardboard, giant cardboard. Oh. Probably five feet. I don't think it was six feet. Every page was maybe like five by five. So two pages and pretty long, right? Mm-hmm. So I painted every pages, have a little sneaky pockets that props pop up. and. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. That was a good idea. I'm going to ask for pictures of that. I'm sure they can find me some. Oh, yeah. I never thought about cardboard. Like, that's just such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Because uh, only two actors and one stage manager go tour, right? So it's sa- something that they can, you know. Unload and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of limit, but still really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's because- cool. I, when I was working on that, they also had like a sound system that needed to go in the car too. Yes. So she would have to load in like a little board and a speaker and yes. a microphone that also fit in the car with the set and the costumes and the props and the actors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, very limited space for set part. Super fun though. Mm-hmm. How did you I, like? I how'd you like working in Little Tokyo? Did it feel like you were back home <laughs> in, in one, one little block? Well, I love going to restaurants when I'm in uh, East West. Yep, me too. <laughs> a, you too. Hey, yeah. As a grocery store that I feel really, you know, comfortable and relaxed, picking up my food and yeah. <laughs> so cool. I miss little Tokyo. I haven't been there for a while, yeah, with everything closed down, I haven't been there for like right? a year now. Me Dad. too. <laughs> it is. <laughs> what other places have you worked at besides East West Players and uh, Long Beach Playhouse? I designed a couple of shows at the Theater of Note in Hollywood. And, uh, and Chalk Rep. I don't know if they are still... Oh yeah, uh, Rebecca Bonebreak is she? She might be part of that. That's she actually was a... Jen Jen Chan. Yeah, she's one of the main. Yeah, Choke Rip, and also I have a after the after grad school. I have a, worked a lot of companies. Uh, Long Beach Play has definitely the most shows. Um, it's like your home company pretty much yes <laughs> i made it <laughs> let me see let me see i'm so bad i can't remember i would have a hard time remembering because you probably do quite a f- well before you had your daughter quite a few a year right mm-hmm. i probably do four or five every year maybe more Right after yeah. grad school, I was like taking all the shows. I said yes to everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you, but is I, it all in Southern California, like LA area, or have you traveled mm-hmm. outside? Yeah, that's uh, oh. yeah, mostly in Los Angeles. And I have designed a couple of shows at uh, high school and college as well. Right before uh, this. Coronavirus started. I was uh, with uh, Jessica. Uh, I was working at the Rena- Renaissance High School in Long Beach. Oh yeah, we talked to Jessica. Yeah, yeah I was helping her designing her show, which re- which was really exciting and fun. But show didn't open. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because she has a very like the brand new theater there is very open. The black box you could. Do whatever it's, kind of design you want. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very um, nice. Do you think your daughter, I know she's only, what, four years old right now? Do you think she's going to mm-hmm. go into an arts career or theater or anything like that? She definitely into theater. 
And I think it's every child, but like when they find a stage, they just want to go on stage and do a little <laughs> dance and sing, right? <laughs> wow, like everybody loves theater when they're, you know, four or five years old. So I won't say no if she wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say no. But uh, does, does your husband do, do theater as well? No, he works at the port. He, oh, okay. Chef. Yeah, so he's totally different field. So is he Both gone a lot, too. or is, is he, he home? To, yeah, he used to gone a lot, but now he works at the port, LA port. So he's always in at home. But uh, when he traveled, uh, it was before our daughter. But he would gone um, seven weeks, almost two months. So mm-hmm. that was a long time he would be gone. Yeah. So yeah, he's totally different field than I do. But he saw uh, he saw a lot of shows at the Long Beach Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's yeah. a, both our husbands have to go see a lot of shows, though they don't do theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they get used to it. Yeah. What is one of the is there a show that you really, really want to design that you haven't been able to design yet? Or do you kind of have a, a like, ideal show you want to do? Um, I'm pretty much open to anything because that's actually fun parties. Even new play you've never read, like, as you read it, like, oh, there's so many possibilities in this play that I have never seen. You know, like Shakespeare is kind of hard because you already seen so many sets and yes, yeah, your brain's kind of like stuck to the way that, you, you know. You like it's traditionally play. done or what you've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I more enjoy the new plays that uh, nobody has done yet or, uh, you know, totally open to any ideas. Do you do musicals and operas and stuff, or mostly do straight plays? Mostly uh, straight plays and then musical. If I do no, op- I have never done an opera, but that'd be really cool. I have never done that. When you do a musical, do you approach it differently because of the music, or do you kind of design the same whether it's a straight play or a musical? Uh, I do the same way, more like a read a script first before music and then uh, start designing. But also listen to music really helps. So, but the first I will read the script and then start sketching the world I think uh, that fits to the play and then listen to music and kind of start brainstorming and add more things and color and that's how I design in the process. That's so interesting, but maybe just because in opera, everything is based on the music. Right. So in, in opera, a lot of designers will like listen to the music first before they, they read it. But I mostly talk to lighting designers. I wonder if scenic designers do that as well or if they, yeah, Read it first. Maybe opera music, huh? Because the music is like main thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to ask the next set designer we talked to who does opera that yeah, question. Because it's different. Because I know lighting designers do it based on the music a lot more, but that's because they already have like the set there and the music is, the lighting is more emotional, I guess. You know, like you could change it. Yeah. Uh, so easily but scenic design it probably is a lot of the the actual text of the show yeah I'm that's curious cool. too. yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. i want to talk about families more because we never talk to well we we don't have a lot of parents on the podcast because it's such a difficult thing to be a parent and work in theater and i know it's been a huge conversation uh, the mm-hmm. last couple of years about it. Did you at any point think that you couldn't have kids or was it just something that like, no, I'm going to have kids and I'm going to make my career work? Or was it, did you make a decision when you wanted to have the kid? 
Ah, uh, I definitely wanted to have a kid. So I didn't think that way. Like no kid. Mm -hmm. But I, when I, when I had kids, I was telling everybody, "Hey, I will be back in a couple months. Mm -hmm. So please give me a job." Reality, I couldn't. <laughs> 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 especially like my case, um, I have no family around here. If I had, you know, my mom or sister, hey, what's my kid? But um, yeah. Either my myself or my husband, no family around us, so that's really hard. Yeah. And then my husband works at night too, so if he works at night, I can go to rehearsal. That's how I, in the beginning I was explaining. I have to see my schedule works. That means my husband is not working at night night shift. So that was actually um, hard. Uh, for me, for that reason, if I had a, you know, my family member, somebody around us, that'll be easier. Mm -hmm. Because we have to go to rehearsal, and I won't be home until eleven. Then I can, you know, ask somebody to watch my daughter. So I could, but it's really hard. Yeah, especially yeah. when they're so young. It's, you know, like less than a year old. It's really difficult to. Mm -hmm. uh, to get a babysitter. Yeah. You my my sister-in-law had the same problem when when my mother-in-law passed away. His oh. parents don't live here and so really it was only like me and my husband and my husband works all the time. So I took time off work so that I can go take care of, you know, my niece because I was able to do that because of my my job where she had to go back to work because she's a teacher, you know, and they wouldn't give her any time off. So but it was really difficult for her to to do that you know and she mm -hmm. could only do it because i was here and able to but if she didn't have any family then you know it would have been a really difficult decision yeah that's for sure i think if she gets a little older maybe i can take her to rehearsal yeah yeah so i will wait maybe a couple more years and ah, we'll see four years old is good. you can bring a four-year-old yes. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> She probably uh, want to get on a stage and yeah. get a part of it. I can see that coming. So Yeah, because like some of my our nieces and nephews would be good. Like Lizzie would probably sit there, but Ethan would not sit still at four years old. <laughs> so I guess it depends on the wanna, kid. Want to get on a set, climb on the set, right? Like that's Yeah, he probably would. All over the place, yeah. He'd be running around like a crazy kid. <laughs> You just send them to the actors backstage and be like, "Here, come babysit for me for a bit while we while we do this show." You know, That's there's usually actors sitting around backstage. Then they can they can watch for you. I was gonna ask if you've ever if you ever did bring your daughter to a rehearsal, but probably not. Not rehearsal. I brought her to uh, like a painting part, and you know, during daytime, and she yeah. really enjoyed watching everything. So I think it's good for kids, you know, to see theater like real theater yeah. at a younger age so yeah I'm more than happy to bring her not rehearsal but to show <laughs> <laughs> no but the loaded and stuff that that's pretty cool too because then she could actually watch and see what you do and you know yeah. it's so hands-on that it's cool mm -hmm. that's cool yeah it's really cool actually I'm happy that she's interested in uh see what I do and yeah so hopefully in a couple of years, I can bring her to rehearsals. We'll yeah. See. Or take her to some kids, some kids shows. Yeah. Does the Playhouse do kids shows? They don't really, right? Um, They do a summer thing, like a camp for a week during the summer. I know this oh. year because of COVID they didn't, but uh, they've done that. And then sometimes depending on their Christmas show, when they do Christmas Carol, sometimes they've had a kid or two in that one. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to suggest to have more kids show. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah. a couple. Uh, Anna Kate, who's at the yeah. Playhouse a lot, she started, I think, Jewel Box Theater. Mm -hmm. And that's kids oriented because she has a son who's a couple years old and they do a lot of the kids shows. That's and I think right. they've crossed back and forth and done some things at the Playhouse. 
But yeah, there's quite a few theaters around uh, Long Beach area that do kids stuff too. Yeah, that's true. When you're designing a set, how do you do, like you said, sketches and all? Do you prefer to do it like pencil and paper? Do you use a program online? Do you, how do you kind of get your, your ideas onto paper or out of your head? So first I read a play and then I always uh, sketch my first impression so that I don't forget what I get from the play. And I always keep my first idea uh, as a main part of the design. And I I really don't like doing research because that just confuses myself. Like, oh, I don't want to... Uh, steal somebody's idea, of course, and also I don't want to forget what I, I had when I read the play. Like your initial reaction to it? Mm-hmm. So I always do sketch and then bring the sketch to a director to tell what I think this play is about and this is my uh, impression, uh, response to the play, and that's how we start building the real set ideas. And then at some point, do you transfer it to a computer program or do you do it all by hand? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, after I uh, confirm the sketches and idea, I put in a sketch, uh, Google Sketch app. Yep, that's what I use yep. too. Mm-hmm. And then so that, you know, you can see the 3D. I think some people prefer to watch 3D than mm-hmm. sketch, so easy to... Uh, imagine what it's like and after that i put in a autocad to draft the grand plan and section and is that easy to transfer from from sketchup to autocad uh i don't transfer but uh uh i kind of uh draw like redo it in there Mm -hmm. redo it yeah Yeah. oh interesting Mm -hmm. why do you transfer it to autocad why not just stay in sketchup um, I just like the SketchUp can't have a detail, but I, I didn't have the pro one. I only had the basic one. So to put all the detail, I still need to redo on the CAD to, to be exact, you know, three quarter inch and half inch, you know, mm-hmm. so I do that uh, anyway. And the last part is I put all the colors on the drawing to finish it. Do you do, does AutoCAD do colors or how do you get the colors? Uh, color part, I just do it by, with my hand. Oh, print it out and color it in. Do you mm-hmm. do uh, like watercolors or pencils or markers or depends on the show? Um, I use either acrylic or watercolor, depends on the, uh, the touch of it. That's pretty and cool. Then, mm-hmm. I like it by hand better. It just looks so, I don't know. I love the way that, that scenic and costume designs work when it's like hand hand colored in. I think it just gives it a little bit more character than what you get on the computer, you know, because you can do like the mm-hmm. shading a lot easier and get the exact color you want, I feel. But I just yeah. like the way they look. <laughs> yeah, because the computer... Uh, it looks like computer color. Yeah. Yeah. To show that all the little distress or, you know, little tone changes, I prefer to do with hand. I know there's a lot of people really good at computers, but my case, I prefer with doing, you know, with paint and brush. Were you, were you able to do a lot of like hand drawing and painting before you became a designer? Or is that something that you had to learn along the way? I learned, I, I'm not a good painter by itself. So <laughs> I kind of, yeah, learned it. As you went. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know some people that have great designs and then they can't put it on paper, you know, like they aren't good painters. And so they have some assistants that they'll like tell it to, and then those people do it. But mm-hmm. I'm always curious how that works with, or the opposite where I have, you know, no people who are really great at, doing the pictures but they don't really know how to like 
put it together in order to make a design, but it mm-hmm. looks really awesome. So it's a cool thing between the two of them. Yeah. Did and I used to... Sorry. Go ahead. I used to make a, like a real model, not on computer, but real model. Yeah. And I kind of stopped doing it because when there's a big change, it's really time-consuming, but SketchUp, you can delete and, you know, we do it. So I should, I probably should still making the models, but for that reason, I kind of switched to using SketchUp. Yeah, I really like building models because it was fun, but yeah, it would be really, really time-consuming. Time-consuming. To do that, and expensive. If you don't have all the materials to start with, like, it can be really expensive to gather everything, whereas SketchUp... You can get a free version and do the basic stuff on there and then send it over to someone in an email and be like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much easier I, these days. I did hear a discussion a while back. I forget where it was. It was a number of years ago where people were asking about the price of actually building um, models because it can get really expensive. And mm-hmm. Is it common for the theater to give you money as a designer to build the model? Because oftentimes they want to keep the model afterwards. And I've heard like every now and then that is the case, but most of the time the designers just ask to spend their own money to create something, you know, and then then the whole discussion, like, does the theater get to keep it or does the designer keep it? You know, because it's the designer's money and the designer's design, even if they designed it for a theater. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if they did it. Yeah, I just know it was a discussion with designers I was talking to, and I'd never even thought about that, you know? I was like, for stage management, the companies pay for most of my materials, and so they keep most of my materials, you know? Like, they'll keep my book at the end, but they're the ones that paid for it. So I just kind of assumed that they would pay for the the model if they expect to have one. Surprisingly, they don't have that budget. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they probably just didn't even think about it. Yeah, they just assumed yeah. that that's part of what you're going to take care of. That'd be really nice they have that budget making model. That'd be different. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it at East West Players, we had the model itself of the theater. And so mm-hmm. we let people use that model and then they built stuff in in it. But we also <laughs> had just some leftover material that like we gave to um to Anna to use but then she used a lot of her own stuff and when she gave me receipts I just put it in the set budget because it wasn't anything too big to take away from actual set building mm-hmm. but I told her ahead of See, time that, that, could be, that could be hard if like your budget's not very big you know you're like this could be an extra gallon of paint or a model you know <laughs> that could yeah. Be a, yeah. Sometimes. that's for sure and a lot of a lot of uh, theater companies they could say like 400, 500 with props. Like, with, right, yeah. right. With yeah. Okay. So I could buy, you know, paint, basic, you know, basic for building set and props and really right. And, already. and paints and everything. And yeah. So then you don't want to turn in the receipts because then you're not getting something on the set. But yeah. I think it's something that designers should have a, well, I think it's something that executive directors should keep in mind or directors of production, but also like something that designers should ask for more. Like, if you want me to build this, you need to provide the materials for me to make this happen. Especially if they want to keep it. With the 3D modeling on the computer, um, a lot of people are going that way because it is faster and cheaper. I know at East West, we didn't require a model of Anna when she did it, but it was just much easier to have one and she liked building them. Mm-hmm. So that, I, of course, I work in smaller theaters too, so I don't know how the big theaters do anything. <laughs> I know, right? Me neither. I haven't done like real big theater, but that could be different. Also, New York and Los Angeles totally different, I think, budget-wise. Is it? There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of small New York theaters out here. That's like LA, you know, where you do a show for. Well, at least for stage managers, you know, they're like six weeks and we'll give you $200. And I'm like, that doesn't even cover my MTA card, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so I, I think it's pretty comparable to do LA versus New York. I the see. only difference is I'm in opera, which is bigger, but I'm trying to think the last show that I did that had a model, I feel like 
Boston almost ha- always has a model and Philadelphia. I don't know if I've seen models there. Boston does, but now I'm curious, mm-hmm. like if the designer was given money for that model, because I know the company, no, I don't know if the company kept it. I think the company kept the basic model, but the designer kept all the little like people and mm-hmm. furniture and stuff because those are so difficult to make and that he can reuse those over and over. But the like big set pieces, I think the company kept, but I'm curious now, like if, mm-hmm. if who paid for it, you know, or if somebody paid for a part of it or whatnot, but, but yeah, yeah. I don't see models apps often these days, your point of having SketchUp be 3d makes a really good point. Cause it's definitely something like 50 years ago when I go to opera companies, you know, they'll have like, a setup of stuff that were like 20, 30 years old, you know, because back mm-hmm. then all of this time to make these gorgeous models, which we don't have time for these days. <laughs> money's tight in, in theater world. So well, that those is, models are so cool. Like, I love watching right? models. Yeah. I know. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. But also storage. I don't have a place to store the last 10 models I made for shows. Right now it's yeah. on my computer. It's just put on a hard drive. I know I throw away a couple of models too, but it's really sad. But you know, if it's half half in scale, it's so big that mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. room for it. Uh uh-uh. uh And if you don't work in that theater again, you're like, oh, it's not like I can reuse the base theater. Right. Well, that's why I like the East West Players idea of you just have the base theater there, and then other people can use it. That's, that's pretty a good awesome. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. I have to keep that in mind. Maybe theater should have at least one, you know, box that designers can use. That'll be really helpful. Because they provide the ground plans for you. They should provide the 3D ground plans for you so that you have. (laughs) Because so many directors just, they have such a hard time seeing it on paper, you know, like they Mm -hmm. have to see it in 3D or they have to see like physical things. And so it would just make sense for, for the company to provide that. Yeah. I'll tell Larry Even small models, people have a hard time with. <laughs> I feel like I built a model for one of, I think I built a model for the studio once. You did? Yeah, back when Sean did Dog Sees God, I built a model for that oh. one. But I don't, it was sitting in Sean's office when he was in the shop. I don't know where it's at now. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'll that out. If there's one, I might use it. Yeah, she's like... <laughs> Wait, this is coming handy now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think I've seen one for the main stage. I don't either. Well, maybe Naomi should suggest that she can build one if the pay ha- Playhouse would pay her for it and then build a really nice half-inch yeah. scale one that's there that other people can use. Can use okay. it. Okay, I'll, I'll inform Sean and Larry and see what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, it's such a cool idea. Yeah, the openings, you can put up the model, you know, in the yeah. lobby, and that'd be cool. And... I always like looking at those. They always switch back and forth, right? So, like, or most of the time, switch back and yeah. forth theaters. So, when you're opening this show, you can have, like, this show's model being like, hey, look what's coming up. Get tickets for our next show. That's advertising. A, that's... Sean, no, I'm just trying to, sell it. I'm trying to sell it to Sean right now. <laughs> Good ideas. Build I think we try models it. for <laughs> studio and main stage. Got it. Notes taken. You know, when people, people aren't working physically in COVID right now. So like the, the least they can do is build models for companies to like <laughs> yeah. help for the future. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. I know Me both too. of those spaces are built in SketchUp because that's what uh, Larry uses. So it'd be pretty easy to get all the measurements to build a model. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Excellent. I'll be texting both of them right after this podcast. Yes, yes please. <laughs> hey, with awesome ideas for you guys. <laughs> uh with COVID being a pain is, you know, with the entire industry of theater, do you have any shows coming up or any projects you're currently working on? Not at all, not at all right now. So I'm really waiting for it. Yeah, something when, happened. Yeah, when does theater open? Do you have any idea? 
Well, Broadway, well, at least Hamilton wants to open July 4th is Hamilton's goal. I don't mm-hmm. know if any other Broadway show has said that. Um, a couple opera companies are doing outside stuff, which, okay, you know, if they have their own outside venue, it's okay. Like Santa Fe is venues outside and Glimmerglass is doing outside stuff. But we haven't really seen any, I mean, I'm not really in the regional theater world, but I haven't seen a lot of regional theaters announce anything. And even like small companies usually don't have outside spaces, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. even more expensive. So right. I think the goal for a lot of people is fall of this year, hopefully. I know that most of the theaters around us are just waiting for Broadway and other people to say things. Cause like Sean mm-hmm. doesn't know when they might open because nobody really knows what's going on. So they just keep pushing things back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which sucks. I actually just, when you mentioned not having anything, there's this survey that came out. I got to find it. That David McGraw and Maggie, Maggie Fieldman. I have to look it up. David McGraw, I know. But it's called, um, usually it's, Something to the stage. Oh my gosh, I'm not doing very good on this. But did you just post this on Facebook? I did just post it on Facebook, but it's a they do surveys every year that talk about what the theater industry looks like, you know, like uh how mm-hmm. old the average person is, what percentage of male versus female opera, regional theater, where people are working, how many contracts, all of that. And they did something back in June of last year you know, a couple months into the pandemic. And then they did another one in December, January. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see, like how things have changed and if things have gotten better or worse. And sadly, like a lot of the response are much worse because people are just having a harder, harder time supporting themselves. Oh, it's called return to the stage. Return but the- yeah, something that you mentioned is there's one of the determining factors right now of people staying in the arts is if a previous employer has contacted them in the last three months, you know, because like if you haven't had any contact with any employers in the last number of months, you're much more likely to go look for another job because you don't know if you're ever going to have one in theater Mm -hmm. again. And it was actually a call to companies being like, you need to stay in touch with those people that you work with. Otherwise you're going to lose those people. Even if you don't know when you're producing again, like, reach out to them and just say, Hey, we still like you. We still want to work with you. We just don't know when, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's very difficult for people to think like that right now. Cause they're so worried about their own things. They're, you know, the own issues that they're facing, but for companies to know that like, that's such a huge determining factor right now of people staying in the performing arts. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Because like at 1540, when COVID first hit and we had to furlough all of our guys, um, Every week, somebody in the office would call to check in on them. But after we got to month three and month six, we had no new news. So most of us just haven't been calling anyone because it's like, yep, still not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Off to you next week. Yeah. I can't find the exact number right now that they came up with. But but yeah, check it out. It's it's called uh, returntothestage.com. And you can find... Mm-hmm both I think that like June survey or yeah the July 2020 and then the January 2021 um so it's a really really great resource but like I said I I read it earlier and I was like oh this is kind of depressing because there's still so many people that are out of work right now I know all my friends all my theater friends yeah yeah with no idea of when they can come back to work which is I think even harder and that was always been the hardest part for me you know like we're used to like not having work every now and then but you always know something's coming up you know right right now not so much yep nobody really knows what's happening hopefully soon i know movies are starting to pick up a little bit we have a couple premieres that are kind of in the works so that's good after months of doing Mm -hmm. nothing if the movies can get back to it theater can get back to it Mm -hmm. yeah Somebody's got to start the push. <laughs> yeah. Some are. Yeah. yeah. Some universities are doing stuff. Um, 
there are opera companies like, you know, I've done two productions already. It's just, they're so small, you know, we're like cutting the chorus. We're doing two pianos instead of a full orchestra, you know, doing drive-in stuff like that. It's just, I think that's the other thing is it takes so long to prep something like this, you know, that like we've now had a year to start prepping for it. And so now companies are starting to produce in these new parameters because they've had time to like put all the pieces together. And the extra money of mask and the hand sanitizers and the cleaning supplies and the keeping everyone six feet away from each other. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to an hour and uh, I I actually have to go back to work because I actually have stuff to do today. It's exciting. Um, Mostly, mostly paperwork. Uh, but anyways, we, I don't know if I, we warned you about this, but we always ask if you have any fun twin stories. Uh, I had that. <laughs> He's prepared. Yes. And I thought of it and I don't have any good s- twin story. I know you guys have a lot of fun stories, but <laughs> <laughs> we have We've had uh, years practice. practicing stories. <laughs> But actually, uh, one of my oldest friends, like a lifetime, they are uh, twins. Uh, they lived uh, two houses uh, down from my parents' house. So I grown up with twins and uh, I always have twin uh, friends. So yeah, twins are always around me. Sorry, it's not a specific story, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's cool. Yeah, Did they look, were they identical? Did they look the same? Uh, yeah. If you grown up with them, you see them totally different. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. That's how people were with us. But then, if they didn't, mm-hmm. if they didn't know us, or if they didn't, mm, yeah, like, they didn't meet us at the same time. It was harder for them to like tell the difference, you know? Right, right. I, I think, mean, or they would be just really shocked. I just had someone. Uh, Ashley Rose, who I did Bohem with, she was like, how did I not know you're a twin? And Danielle was like, who do you think we were talking about every time we said twin? <laughs> exactly. That's what I tell people. You think I just call my sister twin just for fun? <laughs> who is, yeah. uh, who is uh, 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 far first? She is. Uh, I am. I'm four, minute, four, four minutes minute? older. That's sometimes it's more obvious. Good. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> <laughs> just depends. <laughs> Depends on what four minutes. <laughs> but I see yeah. you guys uh, face are different, but your voice is really uh, similar. That's what a lot of people say. Computer, I mean, to the, yeah. Yeah. Sounds on the similar. phone, too. A lot of people have a hard time on the phone telling the difference. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's pretty entertaining with our parents. Actually, in real life, too, because when, you know, Stacy comes over and I go over there and we'll laugh, they'll be like, oh, wow, you sound exactly like Stacy. And I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Genetics does that. So, yeah, That's I guess cool, in though. person, too. I don't know. Did you guys uh, decide to do theater? Uh, you guys both into theater by accident or because either mm-hmm. one did it? You uh, by or... accident. Both together. <laughs> Always together. <laughs> But when did that's great? When did we decide? Like, I like I had to I declared theater as a minor before you did. I think. Yeah, but I don't think I declared anything till like junior year. Yeah, that's true. So it was kind of about the same time because we both kind of started mm. working in theater around the same time, even though we weren't theater majors until later on. Well, wow. we both started freshman year in high in college. Because yeah. you worked in the costume shop and I went to the scene shop. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it might have been about the same time, even though we were like 300 miles apart from each other, 400 miles apart from each other. We uh, pretty much did it at the same time. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. We're weird. It's great. It's a twin thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a twin thing. Wow. <laughs> I like that. Very nice. <laughs> Well, we, we've hit an hour. I got to run away. I got to finish the yeah. soup I've been trying to eat for an hour. <laughs> Please it's cold now. It, it's, well, it's mostly gone. It was kitsune. It's yummy. It's, okay. it's a Japanese soup, I'm sure. Naomi knows oh, it. Oh, is it miso soup? Miso soup? Uh, kitsune. It's udon. Oh, oh, yeah. I eat that too. 
See? Red one. Yep, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I had for lunch today. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Naomi, for being on here. And I'll work on Sean and Larry on getting some models so that uh, when you get back to the playhouse, we can have it set up and ready for you. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was so Thanks. nice to talk to you. Thank yes. you so much for being on our podcast. It was so great to get to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstocktheater.podbean.com and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at Twinstock Theater. Title music, Dance Macabre, is provided by Kevin McLeod of incomtech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0. Thank you.